Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Good Story. Good Story is where we cover ocean to ocean, kitchen to kitchen, house to house. Oh, today we're going to talk about stuff in the kitchen right now. Oh, we got some special guests tonight. Where are you guys located? We are located, our restaurant? Yes. We're located in Midvale. Midvale. All right. Sorry. You know, this guy likes to skip things, you know. No, no, I just want... We have (laughs) the Sonatos in the podcast. If you guys can, like, if you don't mind introducing yourselves, I don't want to, like, like, you know, say anything that's not true. Although here... (laughs) In the good story. That's what good story means. We, we never let stuff. the truth keep us from telling the good story. Okay. So keep that in mind. Hey, did, did you write that down? I practice yeah. when I'm by myself. <laughs> Sorry. So go ahead. We'll start with Verona. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, my name is Verona Sangato Maunga. I am one of the sisters that owns Sangato Bakery and Cafe. I am also the owner of Renew Wellness and Recovery. It's a women's residential treatment center. And then we also have an outpatient program. We're dual licensed, so we treat substance use addiction and mental health. Man, we packing it today. <laughs> wow. wow. We, even we know are was packing coming. it today, yeah, boys. That's two episodes in a row. They I just know. Ambush us. I know. Yeah. And we got Lita. Lita, go ahead and uh, let our podcast listeners know who you well, are. Well, thanks for letting us uh, come on here. Um, I'm Lita Sangato. I'm the eldest of the siblings. Um, there's four girls and one boy. Um, well, yeah, and um, I'm a realtor, and then I also run the bakery. So, yep, that's a little bit about me. Entrepreneurs, <laughs> of course we do. Man, ladies, can you got to cue that up? Ladies night, can you cue that up? Because they're taking over tonight. Woo! We also have a line. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Milan Sangato. I am the youngest of the Sangato clan. Um, so, sorry, and I'm also the worst when it comes to public speaking. Um, oh, no worries. We are going to just break the ice, bring down some walls, you know. Nobody's worse than Hobart. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sorry. We don't speak proper English here. You're fine. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> we don't speak proper English. Yeah. Yeah, you can say pro- proper. Yeah, speak into the Sorry. Yeah. directional mic. Okay, okay, I can do that. So um, career-wise, I, I'm i a Department of Defense contractor. I do analysis work for... Uh, talk that talk. For stuff. It's it's top secret, so I don't get to talk about it. Oh, well, thank you for your top secret Classified, service. Classified, baby. Thank you for your top secret service. You know, so... Man, so we got the Sangato Bakery family in here from Midvale, Utah. Let's talk about what made you guys want to create Sonato Bakery. Like I always tell, I, I try to make you guys sound Italian out there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the Sagatos. <laughs> so go ahead. You know, a lot of people come into the bakery and the first question is, what's Sagato? Who's Sagato? Mm-hmm. It's Sangato. Sangato in Samoan means saint. Um, that was my dad. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> Speak that game. Family's last name. My dad came from a very strong Catholic family and and that's where saint comes from and so right, local pope that's for you guys for that didn't know what catholic <laughs> is thank just you. i'll be the translator thank the, you the church police don't worry about it so it was important to us that when we were creating this space um that was so important to us where we are serving the food from our culture and that we grew up on and that our parents made for us as children that we represented our family um, and one of the things that was so important to us was that we didn't have any investors or any outside sources come in because we wanted to be our truest selves and just be tr- really authentic to um, who we are and, and what we do. I respect that. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Know, you. I, I just wanted to just make sure well, before we go on, Sangato's Bakery is at 44 West, 7200 South off Midvale. That's right off the exit. Right. Mm, right so off. you guys are right by uh, Sound Warehouse? No? Before that? Where the Shane Company is. We're right there in that plaza. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leroy's, you've never been to West Valley in a long time. He just, he just, this is Midvale. Okay. <laughs> Midvale, West Valley. <laughs> West Valley, I know that like, anyways, we're not even talking about yeah, Sonato's any, Bakery. Anyways. Anyways. So tell us, I, I have a question. So when you talk about food and the things that you grew up on, tell me what is something that your parents 
what is one thing you probably your parents probably cooked a lot of stuff but what is one thing that as a child that stuck out to you that you feel like is the highlight of you guys' bakery Kekepoa. Yeah, I would Ooh. say kekepoa. Oh, man. German buns. Stray, stray tongues have that? Exactly. It looks like a flower. And it's, right? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, it's no, the we're pork. The yeah, one pork. with the steam bun. No, no, no. Oh, monopoa? Oh, but yeah, they call that kekepoa too. The one yeah. that's oh, like the flower. Samoans call Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, don't tell me, man. I'm not Hawaiian. <laughs> but, you know, kekepoa, yeah, that's yeah. steamed pork, monopoa. But no, tongues don't eat that. <laughs> I mean, we eat that, but it's good. Kekeloihoisi. Oh, sorry. All right. So that, and so you guys make that daily. Yes, do, we do. You sell them in dozens or? We don't sell them in dozens. Um, Cause I when, could eat a dozen. When we make it, they sell out. And are so. they steamed? Are they baked? Steamed. Nice. Okay. So like okay. growing up, Hobart will probably remember this. We were always at Kearns Park. That's where my parents. The cricket Park. Cape Town. Yeah. Cape Town. Yeah. Cape they Town. always like, that was their side hustle. Growing mm-hmm. up, it was mm. always, they had their jobs, but they always did cooking, catering. And so, People would just line up for a kekepoa during Flag Week. We would just run out. We'd do like thousands. Yeah, my and parents. Just line up. My parents would bake it in our garage, and they would literally like drop us off at the park with a folding table, Tupperware of kekepoa. See you guys later. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and if, sell everything. If they came at the end of the day and it wasn't sold, they would ask us, tell us, "Hey, go sell that last five kekepoa," and we would walk around the park and sell it gone yeah i remember back in the days i'd be like nelson <laughs> man go over there and ask one of your sisters hook us up man my mom said i gotta sell it man <laughs> nelson you weak <laughs> you know the, the thing is the reason why i asked that is because in all cultures in the south pacific food plays a, a center role in, in what culture is all about mm-hmm. and uh even though the songs don't eat kekepoa, we eat it Yes, we do. But I mean, yeah, we don't. I mean, but you don't make it. I mean, yeah. So, but I mean, so, but a lot of the foods have crossed over in cultures. And I like to relate that to what's going on around here, because a lot of times uh, we talk about separation, but really we're all together because I, I mean, I ate horse on my mission and I never thought in my whole life, I thought I was going to drop dead and die, but I loved (laughs) it. You know, still love it. I still make strong, bring it over because it's parents, but there's certain families that only make the ones that I like. And so I'm excited to see what else you guys got on your menu. Uh, tell us a little bit about why a bakery. I think we wanted to honor our parents. Yeah. None of us grew up wanting to be in the food business. Yeah. Honestly, we all were like, no, we're going to do our own the thing. The park thing was enough but for you. <laughs> we were like, these are blessings that we've been given. We would be wrong to not you know uh, share our blessings like this is what we've been blessed with right so yeah i think growing up because it was something that we had to do like at night we were helping our parents cut pork fat and onions for prepping it yeah like Mm -hmm. and we would have caterings and it was a lot of work and so i think as we got older we all like started our own career path separate from what my parents did and we're like, we're not going to do this. But yeah. then it was really crazy. We went, my sisters and I, before we any of us started any businesses, we would have business meetings. And so <laughs> we were at a restaurant in Draper called The Cliff. And we were having a business meeting. We had no idea what our business was going to be and what direction we were going in. But we would sit and talk about why would we want a, why we wanted a business and, and the purpose behind it. And all of us always had the same answer. And it was to serve. So if we're selling food and we have a bakery, like we're sharing the food from our culture and the food that we love with people. And, you know, food connects you to memories, childhood memories mm-hmm. and, and exactly. a time in your life. And so we would just talk about those things. Like, why would we want a business? Like, what is the bigger picture? And, and so when it eventually happened and the idea came, it, all of us, all of a sudden were like, this sounds really crazy, but I think we're supposed to open a bakery. <laughs> the thing we don't want to do, and, and we did, and it's been really great for us. How many years have you guys been in business now? We're on our fourth year now. Nice. Yeah. So another thing, too, is we, we talk about culture and food. I always tell my kids, can you guys make cook rice? You know, And those are the things that you, you pass down to your kids. Now, do your kids work at the bakery as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so... You know, reluctantly so sometimes. Child labor going on. <laughs> okay. 
They all started pretty early. Yeah. I think we all have. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's something all of us do as, yeah. Pol- as Polynesians. So it's just natural yeah. to serve. And I think mm-hmm. it's just teaching them now. You serve, but you also receive too, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. One of the neat things about owning the bakery is, so we have other businesses, but our our employees aren't Polynesian. But at the bakery, 99% of the people who apply are Polynesian. And it's been really awesome to be able to just kind of mentor the kids who come work for us to teach them communication skills. Because what we find when mm-hmm. kids come work for us, it's so hard for them to look someone in the eye and um, to even greet someone properly or to answer questions and give them and share your opinions and thoughts about food just because we're taught in our homes, you know, to be so respectful and, and don't speak unless you're spoken to. And so it's been really neat that for us to be able to share like things that we've learned and be able to give that back to the kids who come work for us. That's awesome. Yeah. So, we have quite a few that are in college right now yeah. on their missions in college, but they all came very shy, very like never speak loud yeah. or anything. But we're like, no, you have to express yourself. No one's going to help you if you don't ask. So you guys ever had like a irate customer come through the bakery? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Hobart. This Manapua, this Gekip was bull crap. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we get. How'd that. you guys handle these situations? You throw the kick it boy at them. Because you know, you know the the Samoan side gonna come out like, excuse me, <laughs> and they were Polynesian. Huh? Yes. Yep. Oh, uh, how dare? For a couple of our our kids, you know, like they get really like heated and and aggressive, and that's that's been something that we've been able to work with them and and just let them know, like, please, like, be respectful but also don't let people come in and walk all over you because you guys know our people can be, if you want something, if you're hungry, like your manners all go out the window and we've had to tell our kids who work for us, be respectful, but also know your worth and, and know that you don't deserve to be spoken to. And, and so it's, you know, that, that saying the customer is always right. That's not true. They're not always right. Sometimes they're wrong. and, And sometimes it's okay to say, we're not going to serve you because we don't be, deserve to be treated this way. You know, um, it just sounds like the bakery was your guys' foundation as the sisters uh, for something even greater. Right. Um, you mentioned you, you know, you guys wanted to start the bakery because you guys wanted to serve. Tell me how how your other business because you guys are talented. You have other um, businesses. How does having the bakery help you guys with your other businesses and? The things that you're doing, like you guys all have different. I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> because you have the uh, mental health, right? Correct. Um, and then you deal with real estate, and you work with Department of Defense, Secret <laughs> Service. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so fascinating to me because I think really this is just real talk, not a good story. But you three are like role models in our community, Strong and we, we need to hear yep. girl power. <laughs> yes, I have three daughters, and you know. That's why it fa- it intrigues me. I want to hear we more about We got the Samoan Charlie's Angels. I love it. In the podcast. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Just missing one sister. I She's know. She's at the bakery. Glorious. See, someone someone got to run the bakery. Right. What are the hours anyway? At 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Let's nice. Go. I want to hear about your guys' other businesses. Hold on. Hold on, we still got sorry, bakery sorry, questions. Sorry, Hello. Sorry. Sorry. I'm looking at some pictures, man. This Hang on, nice. little Leroy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bro, you gotta you gotta experience that. Anyways. So let's get back to the business, right? So with the pandemic, how's business been with for you guys? Surprisingly, it's been good. And I, I mentioned earlier, like the food that you serve people can take you back in time, right? It takes you back to good memories, to your childhood. And we closed when the pandemic happened. We were like, what is going on? We just wanted to protect our employees and customers and ourselves. And and so we closed for a while. But when we reopened, we were so busy. And I honestly think it had so much to do with, at that time, people just needing something that felt good and that reminded them of a great time in their life. Correct. So, yeah, we, we did... We fared well. We were very blessed in that way. Yeah, I know I was yeah. part. Of, I was one of the people in the lines. <laughs> you know, like, 
Man, I gotta get that Kekisenga though. That's my favorite. <laughs> what is that? The the thing with the fingers so around. That's the, the Kekipoa you were talking one. about. What? <laughs> Anyways, hey, sorry. You gotta excuse yeah. my cousin here. He's just, yeah, we were one of the very blessed ones dramatic. during the pandemic. I would say because most businesses were struggling. We did well. Oh no! People, <laughs> people needed their they needed their comfort food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, you man. Know? That fish you got. Oh, oh yeah, the oh fish and God. chips. Yeah, fish and chips. Now tell me a little bit about the fish and chips. Now are you guys? The background is in New Zealand. Like I we I'm still trying to figure out. You guys are Samoan. So and we're Samoan, but growing up in Samoa, my mom's family they would they had a bakery too, and so the food there is remember meat pies everything's influenced from new zealand and australia right so they're gonna eat meat pies fish and chips chips. so everything you see at our bakery is what we grew up in our kitchen right but i i see some like looks like some french inspired like somebody went to paris to learn how to bake (laughs) like those cakes oh yeah that's a real deal that's the real deal well and then we throw our own twist on it like the cocoa cake. Have you seen our cocoa cake? No, but I'd love to have but some cocoa cake. We took our ingredients, our salmon ingredients, and made our own cake. You Infused. Know. I, I see I see the tarts. I see yeah. cupcakes. So we have a custard tarts, like the you know, the custard pies. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's one of my favorites. One, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think it's somewhere over there. <laughs> yeah, I am looking at all the food like I just wanna great. say when I'm by myself <laughs> I can just eat one whole fruit tart. I think by you got myself. a problem in one swallow anyways <laughs> but the, don't judge me the, i just enjoy <laughs> sweet things the great thing is i see like there's a lot of people that are posting these pictures like this what? shout out to ann colton <laughs> you know lauren hatch you know a lot of our customers are following and, and it's been really cool to you know see Palangis come in and just enjoy the food and enjoy the music and looks like lauren hatch she stays there a lot she's got a lot of pictures in here lauren hatch edward munoz munoz oh edward shout out to edward will kruger yeah yeah so do you guys have any age limits on who you hire do you guys do background checks because you know i got some friends that you know they're not from the u.s or anything you know but do you guys hire out of the out of the norm or out of the we follow all workforce. <laughs> what are you trying to get at, Hawaiian? Guidelines. Yeah. What are you trying to get at? You know, we do you have a lot of high school kids. Yeah. I'd go work there just to eat for free. <laughs> Feed but them with food. The back is pretty much run by our family. Yeah. And like we have. So like, is your mom retired or is she in no. the she back? She is retired, but. Still comes to the. (laughs) She will not leave that place. Her birthday was on Saturday, and the only way that we could spend time with her was for everyone to go and work in the kitchen. Wow! I mean, we had a great time. She made us watch General Conference, and we we baked back there together. And wow! Yeah, watching conference and baking (laughs) at the same time. You guys are not just a bakery because I see a full plate here: Kahlua pork, chicken. You guys cater? Yes, Yes, we we cater a lot. Awesome. So it's getting warm. The reason why I bring that up, everybody wants to do luau's. Oh yeah, our m- schedules are pretty full. We have graduation parties, weddings. We weddings. Yeah. Oh, so wow. you guys are booked up. So if you guys want to get Sangato's Bakery, <laughs> y'all better get get on that calendar a- asap. My cousin Leroy, he he does a mean haka or fire <laughs> knife dance. I do not. Okay, but. Well. I mean, I appreciate the thing is I'm excited to listen to the other businesses, but I wanted to, I I just wanted to tell you guys how inspired I am because honestly, when you guys talk about Kearns Park, you talk about Malu Pritchard, you know, all the guys are selling, my mom sold her pies, her her pineapple pies there. And it was like the thing on a Saturday, which I hated too. My, but my sisters would get, I didn't, I didn't have to do that. I wouldn't hang out at the park all day, but they would drop off the Tupperware and everybody yeah. would walk around to different trees. And, and those so are things you remember. sold the pies while you were at home cleaning or what? <laughs> yeah, I was at home cleaning, reading my scriptures. <laughs> I was reading my scriptures at home. So anyways, I had all sisters. I'm the only boy. So yeah, I didn't oh, do anything. Sound like our family. Yeah. yeah. One boy. You're the Nelson, bro. <laughs> you're the Nelson. Hey, whoever Nelson is, you, you're my man. Brother, bro. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. That's what I mean, Nelson, you held it down for them, you know, the important one in the fan he was the la molly leaf inside the custard yep. you know yeah. <laughs> don't trip right. yeah. who is this guy <laughs> yeah so 
First of all, I just want to say thank you guys for making your way all the way over here to our podcast. And you guys are the first female guests that yes, we have here on Good Story happy. Podcast. So it is it is an honor here. and a pleasure. Thank <laughs> you, ladies. Now, moving right along, Strons, you had a question about Verona and her treatment center that she runs. Yes, Verona. Let us know. Verona. Verona. Verona, not Corona. I said Verona. <laughs> you guys have, okay. a, you guys have a website for Sinato Bakery? Yeah. A website in uh, Sinato. Foods.com. Now, they can do Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash. No? We just do Grubhub. Grubhub. Okay. So make sure everybody gets on Grubhub. And obviously, you guys don't deliver out here to Utah County. Yeah. And they can order online and then come pick up yeah. all their foods ready. So the so first time I can tell you, the first time I ate it, somebody brought it to the office. And, uh, man, I think I had, like... I'm not going to tell you, but the meat pies, those are my, <laughs> those are my thing. Don't smile at me with your meat pies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sean, did you have that question? Yeah, sorry. Just, no, just just what we wanted to talk about, yeah. just their other business ventures and how, what inspired you guys to do that? Um, what's your guys' background with that? We know we heard a lot about the bakery. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, mental health, everybody's talking about it now, yeah. you know? Mm. I mean, it's not because it's cool. But it's something that everyone's starting to recognize. Take us there, Verona. Well, I, I love that the conversation is finally being had. It's something that should have happened a long time ago, but it, it's happening now, and I'm here for it. Um, we treat, so we're a women's only treatment center, and so we treat women who suffer from addiction and who also suffer from different traumas. Um, and, and what we're seeing a lot is our clients with addiction and mental health, a lot of it is triggered by trauma they've suffered in their life growing up. And so we really take try and take a holistic approach. So our clients get the, boast of, the best of both worlds. Um, they get all the clinical needs met, but then we also try to um, help them find other avenues of healing. And so we introduce things like meditation and yoga and Reiki and and energy work, um, and so equine therapy. Any kava? No, no kava, but, um, you know, there is a study that with kava that has shown that kava has helped with addiction in certain areas. I think it was the U of U. I, I read it a couple of years ago, and um, who are those guys that used to come to the bakery to sell us their kava drinks? Um, Kaibai. Kai oh, yeah. they're they're really trying to get me to bring it into uh, into the center, and um, it's not anything we've done, but there there is some data out there with how that affects addiction. Did you go to school for this, or <laughs> uh, man, I remember you when you were younger. Like right now, you're like sixty to me with all this <laughs> knowledge you're putting out there. You know what I mean? You know, I I didn't go to school. I don't have any college background. I started working in mental health at Copper Hills Youth Center. You work there too, Hobart. <laughs> that, uh, they fired me. Hey. Do you? We don't need to know you right Sorry, sorry, sorry. They had good food there too, sorry. But that was my start. I was 21 years old, and I was working with adolescent youth, males, and um, I remember just really caring for them and loving them, but, you know, not being having the capacity to really help them and and i'd leave work at 21 years old and just feel like that sucks like they have a real they have it hard and um but then things changed you know i i had my son and married and i i didn't work for a long time after i left copper hills but i did a lot of community work and i worked on campaigns um and I got really good at the political work that I was doing because I just, I wanted so bad, like I felt really passionate about that stuff and I wanted so bad to be in that space that, and I knew because I didn't have um, a degree and yeah. because I'm a woman and a woman of color that I already had some things against me. And so my, what, for what I needed to do to be successful was to be the hardest worker in the room, and, and that's what I did. I served the community, and I worked really hard, and I learned so much. And so when it came to business, and I, you know, I end, eventually made my way back to mental health, working at other facilities, and, and when it came to business and wanting to start things, I just, 
there wasn't ever a time where it was like, I'm going to start this business, but I don't think I'm good enough. It was, I know I don't have the back, like the educational background, but I also know that I'm really smart and I've picked up a whole lot of tools on the way, you know, as I was growing up and just trying new things. And so we started businesses and have just been really successful with it. And um, I mentioned earlier about talking about serving and we'd have these sister meetings and it was, it always went back to wanting to serve in some capacity. And I think because like that really is at the forefront of what we're doing, like things work out in our favor. Like we're always given the opportunity to continue serving because we remember that. Do you, um, is your program, is it an outpatient program or so is I, it? So I have two programs. And so I have residential treatment. It's a 60 okay. to 90 day program. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a medical director on site and then we have uh, therapists and clinicians available to our clients as well. And then we also do outpatient for clients who are, who are on their way out. So after 60 days, um, sort of as a transition, yeah, sometimes we'll take clients who we didn't see in residential, but mostly we like to keep that space open for our clients who are leaving. You know, one of my questions for you, um, especially for the, for girls, teenage girls, um, you know, a lot of, you know, our culture, we don't really talk about things like that with mental health. You know, in the Tongan, in just from my experience, <clears throat> um, you know, when, you know, as a kid, when you try to like talk to your parents, it's kind of like, I can't talk to them about that. Or they're like saying, shh, no, shh, oh, PC, meaning that's your trash. It's trash. It's your, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like trash. Like, don't talk about that. It's a stigma. Exactly. So it's as far as <laughs> teenage girls or, you know, uh, especially in our community, what have you seen? Um, out there with, you know, just with girls and what, yeah. Like, is there a pushback? You know, I feel like the young women out there right now are actually so much more aware than we ever were at that, their age. And they're so much more confident and they're okay with talking about mental health and recognizing, um, some of the issues and, and traumas that they're suffering from. And so it's, it's, Feels so old saying this, but it's a different You're not generation. Old. You are not old, Verona. You are not old. He's old. <laughs> Just an old soul. It's, yeah, it's so. a different generation, and and I love it. I love that these young women are just really aware of their own needs and and just self assessing and and saying like, "Hey, I need help." I've had um, younger. Polynesian girls reach out to me on Instagram and, you know, I've, I've offered them help and, um, it's been really neat because I don't really have to reach out to them. And, and I know that's not the case, but there are so many more young ladies out there who, who acknowledge mental health and who aren't afraid to say, Hey, I need some help right now in this moment. Yeah, man, I could just see the love the passion that you have for for the program that you got. You ever been encounter with like someone you know, they're talking to you, and then all these signs you're like, I think in your mind you're like, you need to come to my program, girl. <laughs> Often. No, I'm just kidding. Sandra um, at work will help you out. Um yeah, there have been and how did you, like, how did you talk to them or did you influence them to, like, you know, maybe find some help? Like, do you have an experience? You don't have to drop any names or anything, but, you know. Yeah, you know, I think I, I can talk about someone I know. Um, There's somebody right now listening to our podcast that's feeling a little sad, probably punching themselves in the face or something. You know, I, I'm just giving out examples. Our three listeners. Yeah. Eight. <laughs> Eight. Sorry. Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, please. Yeah, I I do know, um, I have an example, someone who, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people who don't realize that they might have an addiction, that they might drink too much. And um, there is someone we know who would, um, she goes to work Monday through Thursday, works 
works her butt off. Four tens. And then Thursday night starts drinking. Thursday, yeah, Friday, Saturday. No problem. <laughs> Sunday. And then Monday would feel super sick. And I'm like, you're detoxing. You're detoxing. And it's very dangerous to to like just continue this cycle week after week. And um, those conversations are very delicate, but I just really try to come from a place of love. And sometimes people are open to it, and sometimes they're like, shut up, Verona. But I think, you know, if the intention behind it is like, I just want to help you. But I also know when to back off. Like, But as long as I say something, you know, I, I, if I recognize and see something, I'll say something once or twice. And if they're not open to the message, then maybe someone else will give them that same message. Like you feel responsible that you have to relay this message, and then if however they take it. That's right. how they take it. Not yep. to be churchy, but President Oak said that's not our job to uh, convince people, but just to relay the message. Yep. President Oak, he's from the church. Like of they Jesus say Christ in the workplace, see something, say something. Know what I mean? Now, tell us the name of your program. It's called Renew Wellness and Recovery. Renew Wellness and Recovery. Women's, and so they're, are they adolescents and adult or? Adult women, 18 and older. Sometimes if they are coming through the juvenile courts, I can take them six months early, so like when they're 17 and a half, but, but we're an adult program. Now, I know a lot of these programs, the key is to make sure they don't, what do you call it? Relapse? Relapse. Yeah, and get back in. Now, I know some of them, now, if they do relapse, do you, do you see a lot of that coming back and, you know? Yeah, um, relapse happens. It's, for most people, it's inevitable. Right. You know, we're, some people have been drinking for 50 years of their lives, and, and they're only with us for 60 to 90 days. But I don't consider that a fail on their part. If if they relapse and they have enough tools to say to reach out again and say, "Hey, I need some help. I recognize that I'm doing things wrong," uh, that's a win for that client. And and a lot of times we will take them back as long as we feel like we have something more to offer them. Now, going back to a culture standpoint on this stuff, I know as a kid in our generation, well, I guess my generation because you guys are younger. I mean, but anyways, our generation, you didn't really. Like, my dad wasn't here listening to that. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that our communication line wasn't open. Now, I got a 19 and a 20-year-old, then I got a 6-year-old and an 18-month-old. So, there's a That's a huge big, gap. It's a big gap. <laughs> the cable was broke for, like, 11 years. Wow. But anyways, so the my conversations are different with the older two because they have to be. Now, I feel a lot of times there's a disconnect. And so, a lot of things that these kids are doing nowadays – are mostly on social media. You know, we didn't have the cell phones and stuff like that growing up. So if, like, I have no clue if my kids are, like, my dad used to tell me, I don't, you don't need to tell me what you're doing because I see your friends. If they're this, this, and this, that's you too. So my kids, either they're great actors and actresses or they're, I don't know. You know, so my question is, as kids come into this program, and, I, and I'm saying kids, I'm saying 18-year-olds because I have a, a 19 and a 20. So when these young adults come into your program, what is the key question that you ask them? Because I know a big thing is finding out what they're doing. And so are they uh, receptive to your questions? And what are the – some? What are I'm just trying to figure out as a parent how he's would I – He's trying to get some pointers. That's what he's yeah. so, is saying, book an appointment. Call the number. What's the number? One eight hundred. I'm just saying because there's there's always a lead in question. You know what I mean. So if a kid comes and like you said, you, you've seen kids that you know have signs Sometimes of something. Some people just need a hug. You know, it could be it could be something as simple as that, but it could be some underlining things because you see the signs, uh, actions, uh, who they're hanging around with, and we saw we we hear about it in all cultures. They go from a student to a D student, mm-hmm. or they're they get withdrawn off them. Something's going on. So you recognize as a professional, you recognize the signs. Now, what are the, some of the things that you ask that kid? Like, you know, break the equipment because you don't only. Okay, Sorry. so <laughs> as the kid comes into the, the meeting, because you feel like you have to relay that message, what is the question? You know, we're, we, we do a really thorough assessment, clinical assessment. And so we're, we're going to start with a background and just like, asking them about their upbringing and asking them, you know, just just what may seem like really basic information, but just trying to get an understanding of who they are. Um, 
And so when we get clients who are 18 and 19, it's not because one day they woke up and were like, hey, I think I drink too much or, hey, I probably shouldn't do meth. Let me go to treatment. It's because someone they love recognizes that they need the issue and, and their parents or they need help. And their parents or their family members are a lot of times going to give an, them an ultimatum. Like, if you don't go to treatment right now, we're going to cut you off. Like, you're not going to have your car. You can't live at home anymore. We're not going to give you any more money. And so these young women, for the most part, come in very reluctant and closed off. Um, and so there, there really isn't one question that we can ask them. But their parents are going to bring them in because they started isolating. Um, they're no longer, like, wanting to be involved in the family. They just, like, pulled away. Or cutting or yeah. stuff like that. They're, Self-harm. They're harming themselves and... And the parents are kind of, are just like, my my daughter needs professional help. And so they bring them to us. Um, and, and again, those a lot of those young women are there because of that ultimatum and, and they're afraid to lose everything. And so after a couple of weeks of like really trying to build rapport and, you know, let them know that they're in a safe space and that they can trust us and, and we really just want to help them, then the clients will open up. And, and so many of the times it's, some trauma. There's been some abuse, um, sexual, physical, mental abuse, um, or or there's mental health issues there that were never addressed because of because their parents chose to not acknowledge it. And so we have these children out there who are suffering in silence, and then they start acting out because no one has ever acknowledged some of the mental health issues. And you know, I've talked with older Polynesian parents and. Um, one of them said to me that they had a daughter who, when she ever since she was in school, they put her in resource. They said she might be autistic. They said that there was a delay and she had some learning disabilities. But because they were like, like because that stigma around mental health was so big that they n- would not get her the help. And and so now she's an adult and she's in the system. She's in DSPD and um, she lives at like an adult living center. They regret, there's so much regret there because of being too afraid of what someone else, what other families and people might think. I think, and that was, that's where I'm leading it to because we, we wanted to do something for the Polynesian community. And uh, the questions that I was asking have to be culturally sensitive on some of the things that parents would ask. Because I know with my parents, somebody told me that if somebody told my dad, your son's in resource, he needs to Mm -hmm. stay in there. He was like. No, he's not. You know, right. like there's a, there's always going to be a pushback. So my thing is, if we have this, because we we do, we have a, a stigma in our culture where people don't want to talk about it. Like if I told my dad I'm depressed, so what? Go sleep, mm-hmm. you know, or go run around outside. That's not the generation that we're in right now, and it's dangerous because you can't sweep things under the table because you saw. I mean, we see the statistics all the time of young kids that are, you know, com- the suicide rate is high you know, self-harm was high mm-hmm. and there has to be some sort of, uh, I don't know, there's not a magic question. There's a, you know, what, what do you call it? A, a intake or, yeah. what, you know, you, so when you guys do something like that and I wonder if there's, if they're culturally sensitive uh, questions that you would ask like versus a, you know, so I, I know every situation is different. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not saying asking you to tell us that right now. I'm just saying to put that, put that out there. So if we were to have, Apologize, parent, and you notice something with the, you know, these are some of the things that we want our kids to feel okay about. Hey, look, mm-hmm. you're not the only one. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the the route I'm going. So, wow, thank you. With uh, with this whole women's treatment, where do you where do you see this program going? You know, I hope that we can continue to grow. Right now. We are the only true women's only program. There are so many men's program. I'm yeah. not sure why. I, well, I, I believe that as women, um, a lot of times we suffer in silence, right? Like, I think women have so much on their plate. Like, we have to be the mothers and take care and love and nurture our kids. And we also have to love and nurture and support our husbands and their careers and their callings. And so I get, I actually get a lot of LDS women who anxiety suffered for so long like quietly because they are just trying to hold it together for everyone they're trying so hard to be everyone's everything that they forget the most important person which is themselves you know if if you can't care for yourself and love yourself 
how are you going to care for for your family and and for people in your church and your community and your neighbors and so when we get women who come in a lot of times they're at their breaking point and you know they either started taking pills or they're secretly drinking or or they just need a mental health break wow rona do you have a mission statement um i do but <laughs> you put it on the spot oh, like sorry man. <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> thank you so much for for inspiring us i was gonna add something to Go that ahead. about women um so I did some work for the health department years back. On a, we did a pilot program, me with um, Jacob Fitzimanu. And we did, um, we were trying to figure out why we had high uh, rates of, um, of babies that were dying in our community in their first year. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we did was go out to families, to mothers that had lost their babies, Polynesian mothers. Okay. And what we learned, we did it for about a year or two. We put together all this um Research and what we found out, what I found out was most of our women, Polynesian women, say they're not stressed out. But if you were to look at what they do daily, a Caucasian woman would say, I am stressed out. I'm on my breaking point. I need to be checked in. Our women say, I'm not stressed. But you look at their list. They take care of their parents. They take care of the kids. They take care of their husbands. And... Some are still trying to go to school. Some still work full-time jobs. So that just reminded me that our Polynesian women don't think they're stressed out. And so that, um, after doing that research, we they did um, a whole study and everything with the U of U, and that's one of the things they thought that a lot of women were losing their babies were they were stressed, their bodies mm-hmm. were stressed, but they did not oh. recognize that because we're built like that, right? Yeah. Some women, Tongan women, are mm-hmm. built like... They're supposed to. If my mom did it, I can do it. Right. My grandma did it, I can do it. Yeah. You can't say I'm tired. You can't say there is no. So, I mean, that kind of brings us to where we're at. We're women who never say no. But we also realize self-care is big. Yeah. 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 That's where that example comes from, you know, when the flight attendant's on there. Like, you know, make sure you put your life vest on first, first mm-hmm. before you help others. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Well, it's just something I heard. It's not mine, you know. <laughs> I was I wish I was a flight attendant, but I just couldn't fit in those pants. Anyways, so Lita, let's get back to you. Thank you, Verona. You're welcome. So with the realtor game, right? There's people out there. The interest rates are high. I don't make that much money. What kind of credit score do I need to get into something? Other than the refrigerator box. Well, that's usually the lender's job. But I can say that 580 is the credit score for first-time home buyers, And it depends on the kind of loan you're going to get, okay. right? So that could be um, uh, FHA. Um, even VA loans are great. If you're in the military, dude. Someone that has made. bad credit lives paycheck to paycheck. What what are your words of wisdom for them? Get with a lender. Okay. Get pre-qualified. And then if you're not qualified, they are going to tell you exactly what you need to do to get there. So they can pull your credit report and say, maybe you need to pay this off. You guys need to, like, lower your debt to, you know, income. So yeah. that way you can, but yeah, things few, like that. A few guests ago said it's better to rent than to own. Well, the interest rate on rent is even higher. So, I mean, at least you have an asset, right? Yeah. You can build that equity. A lot of people that built bought homes like a couple of years ago have doubled their equity right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially that's, here in Utah that's County. That's what I hear. Yeah. Big time. Easily. Yeah, what, what, uh, sorry. Oh, we share. What real estate company... Um, I'm with Exit Realty. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm with those big hitters, Harris, Mata'afa, and Semisi, Levi. I decided to follow the winners. I like what they're doing. (laughs) Harris and Semisi, we're not going to shout you guys out until you come on. (laughs) No, No, man, I I really like what you guys are doing. You guys have stuff for the community, especially for our people. Like, you know, you guys are out there educating them and 
letting these people know what you need to do. Because our parents didn't teach us about credit. No, yeah. They didn't right? teach us about yeah. nothing, you know. I shouldn't say nothing. I think we were taught Sorry, mom. Work, work hard, right? That's what we were taught, to just yeah. work hard. My, 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 my bad. Yeah, so how's that? So, I mean, sorry, Auntie. Gosh, real estate, sorry. Baking and going out showing homes, like. Yeah, so I'm just starting. So I, my mom, my parents wanted to get into investing, and my mom had broke her foot last year. Uh-huh. So she was home watching all those um Home flipping Flip, home flipping things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she, my mom is, she's a she's a business person too. And so she was like, hey, we should do real estate. Smart. And then I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then she's like, go get your license. Wow, just like that. Yeah. What she do like? So then it was like November, this conversation, go get your license. And I was like. How long did it take you? How long did it take you? Um, I took the course. I finished the course in February. Then I took the test of every next week. And I passed. Congratulations. Can I get the answers to that test? <laughs> Tell us about your background of your parents. Now I'm curious because you guys must have got this entrepreneurial spirit from somebody. Oh, definitely. Our parents. Um, and their parents in Samoa. Okay, so did they own a bakery in Samoa? Yeah, um, my grandfather did. And then what was both it called? sides of the what family. Was it called? And what village? Uh, well, they're from Lokopa. I think his was in Apia, though. Mm. Um, but my grandpa, my dad's side, in Salerunga. I think he's had businesses, like multiple businesses there. And so it's still, in your blood. You guys have yeah. all seen it work. And, and Hard I think work that's is in, in yeah. our blood, yeah. Check nice. you out, girl. Anyways. Anyways. So what made you, so your, your mom inspired you to be a realtor? Pretty much. And so I was like, dude, let me just reach out to Semisi. Like, what are you Why doing? Why Semisi? He's a person that I kept seeing his posts, okay. right? And he's okay. a good friend. And yeah. so I'm a believer you follow the successful people. Like, right. Why are we nice. trying to reinvent the wheel? Why do the wheel? extra homework right. like it's happening of here? Of course. So that's what I did. He was so, which is something I believe in. Like you share all your information. Yeah. There's have nothing you sold to the house hide. yet? I have several in the pipeline, so people are good. at different levels. Yeah, he be asking some personal questions. Like, damn, yeah. I'd like people want to yeah. know, like, damn, this girl just got it on this year, and yeah, so yeah, I'm going after it. That's good. That's the hustle game. Yeah, because I really wanted to know. He was just asking questions. We all <laughs> wanted to know. Go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, so he told me what he did, and I just followed it. So, do you ever feel overwhelmed, like you're part of the Segato Bakery? Realtor business. You all got kids, right? And they help at the bakery. So I have one son. He's in, but he's in college. He plays football at New Mexico Military Institute. And then, nice. Um, Big my boy. sister Glow has four kids, and so we're the only ones with kids. Mm. There's yeah. five grandkids amongst the five of us. But they all work, or they did work, or they have worked. They all have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Teliafi is the next one. So he works, and then. Or we have a niece who also works where, too. Where does uh, Talafi work at? He comes to the bakery and works when he has oh, time when he's not. That's a big boy too. Yeah. You ever seen him play? Probably. Uh, over there at Alto. Ta'ala. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like 6'10 or 6'8 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Probably 6'8 soon. But yeah. yeah, that's our sister, our other sister's son. And what is he, a class of 2023? Yes. Yep. BYU offered his dad, bro. Yeah. He's like 6'9, 6. Nine, six. <laughs> BYU, man. I'm not even gonna say we, we're not even gonna talk about BYU. We're not gonna talk about BYU, but because Keaton King's a B, big BYU fan, we don't want to talk bad about his, you know, his, his class. But you know, go Cougs. Yeah. You know? So, so in the past, I I noticed you guys were all like uh, getting involved with politics, right? Milan, did were you part of it too? Uh, not really, um, especially no. with the military affiliation. You're, you're you not can't be. Oh, oh, really? Not at all. You, I, yeah. I tried one of the campaigns. I was a campaign manager on uh, the representative Kwan. is representative Karen Kwan, and she is Chinese, and and so Milan speaks fluent Mandarin. What? Really? It's part of her work in the military from school or wait, wait, it's top secret. Go ahead and speak some Mandarin on that thing for us. You know, say. Ni hao. Shi shi ya. Um, Milan, what part of the military? Uh, Air Force. Nice. Did you go to the Air Force Academy? No, um, enlisted. And I, I learned Mandarin from the Air Force. And so that's 
kind of been my life for the past 12 years. Are no. you fluent with it? She just says she's fluent. She's a talk. Really? I'm, I'm good enough to do my job. That's Let's go awesome. eat some Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> Get that behind us. I mean, not to insult your intelligence. I'm insulted. Anyway, so as you're in the military and you learn Mandarin, Mm-hmm. So, how long have you been in the military? Because you're not in the Air Force now. Um, no, I so I just do one week in a month with the Air National Guard still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I work full-time as a contractor for the Department of Defense. Jason Bourne. <laughs> 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 do you know the Brunts? I do. Mm-hmm. That's my, my wife's family. Samoan family. Huh? Oh, what? Well, you all this whole time you <laughs> social talk? Man, we no, feel Bishop Brunt is married to a Wolfgram. Okay, okay. Because all these years so, I've known you yeah, since we you know. were like teenagers, and now all of a sudden you you're uh, Samoan. You just go crack that up. No, like, I just wanted because she said threw that out, out like Air Force Reserve, and you know all the girls yeah. are, they do the reserve. So I'm I'm very close with the Brunt family. There you go. Oh, wow. He don't even know their name. So or, yeah, somebody. He said Brunt. Because <laughs> yep. he, no he yeah. the one Bishop Brunt used to be a bishop, uh, one of the Brunts. Oh, older. Uh, I just said Bishop Brunt. Yes. Oh, no, you, oh. he don't know him. Anyway, anyway, anyways, well, where are well, the some of the strong, cities man. you stationed at? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've actually been been stationed here in Utah most of the time. The whole time. Um, yeah, the only other places I've been, um, where I PCS to was or. Where station was Monterey, California. Okay. Um, and that's where I learned Mandarin. And then out in uh, San Angelo, Texas. So middle of nowhere, just West Texas. Jumped out of the airplane? Never. Flown yeah. an airplane? Um, on Delta Airlines and <laughs> Southwest. Oh, never in, the, never in the cockpit. All right. Well, because he, Leroy loves the cockpit. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along here, I I'm just inspired because I'm telling you, my wife would be like, I told you so. A lot of stuff that you said, like, you know, uh, self care, self love, you know, all that Big. stuff. Because just she just got back from a trip to Hawaii, and we have my 18 months. She's a monster, and she, the last the first thing she said to me when she got off the plane was, "I think I'm having an anxiety attack," and I almost started laughing because. I didn't. I didn't even hear. No, she said that. Yeah, she said. I, I feel like I'm having an anxiety attack, and the reason wow. why is my baby was spe- uh, crying for the first hour of the flight from Hawaii, and somebody on the flight said something, and my wife went off. Like I remember them days. The Hawaiian girl, the tittle girl, with came a baby up. in the plane. Everybody's just giving you that dirty look, like you just stole their pair of socks. But some, somebody yelled out, "Get that baby! Stop that baby crying!" Wow. And. Uh, Good thing there was none of our church leaders on that flight because they so lucky you wasn't on the flight. Oh, so when I they got off the plane, I walked around. News, can you stop it? Give me some credit. (laughs) I changed my life. I'm too old for that. Anyways, so I was kind of off in Guam. She 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 pretty much said she was you know she had an anxiety attack like she was, and she was kind of like here's your daughter. So I almost thought she was joking, but then now that you're talking about that light bulb goes off because we just moved. She's still unpacking, and she had to leave in the middle of this move, left all her stuff. You know, I, I'd I'm be not stressed, a, too, if I but, did all the work. But women, they, they need their stuff put together. They need, we love you, too, you know, organizational stuff done before they leave. And then she had to come back. My wife's a business owner, too. She deals with DSPD uh, people, uh, adults and children. And uh, we have a day program, and, uh, you know, so she – you know, that's that's her thing, you that's know. Dream, Would you like yeah. to share what you do with your clients Nothing. during the day? Nothing. But tell them about the rainbows you be drawing. Yo, so <laughs> the soul train, baby. The thing is, is a lot of the, the clients we get are people that have an opportunity to be better. So regardless of what these two guys say, I feel inspired and fulfilled by the end of the day because I feel like I contributed something to this this person that they weren't getting at home. You know, he like he'd be yeah. painting Thomas the train, he be, hey, whatever just it takes to do it all. And and I tell you that these clients afterwards are not just the little things. Like you did a great job today. Did you have fun today? And they have them Those say, are called affirmations. Yes, yes, I had a great time. I said, what did you like the most? Is when we went to McDonald's. 
You know, they love Happy Meals. But there's a there's an underlining appreciation for your everyday life. Yeah. When these people go home, I, I you know, I, I feel for them because, you know, a couple of the people we have are adults. And I don't know what they were like when they were younger, you know, where they could have had maybe a different mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. of it if somebody would have cared enough to say, hey, are you okay? Yeah. You know, and so... When I see that, I take for granted when I go home and think, oh, I have a wife that's here. She's talking about anxiety, you know, like, go put on the rice. No, just playing, honey. Hello? Honey, just playing. But all I got to say is I want to thank you, Leroy, for making a difference in our community. Thank you. It feels a little sarcasm there. No, I, I think you need validation for all your hard work you do. But with the, with the opportunity to have you guys here and to be able to hear, you know, your stories of the bakery and the other entrepreneurial stuff, even though the other one's top secret, <laughs> we, we appreciate it because it's an opportunity for us to let our female listeners, because I have girl cousins all over. They always mm-hmm. text me like, you talk too much. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm on a podcast, right? Because it'd be just a bunch of, why are you laughing, King? Yeah. What's going on over there? You know, so, oh, okay, yeah. This right. is where good story was invented. <laughs> <laughs> because if, if you have the gift of gab, Strong's does. He just doesn't have a mic. We have an opportunity to be able to reach people that wouldn't necessarily hear it's you know stories like this, right. even though it's they're good stories. Yeah. So I appreciate all the stuff that I've heard. I'm gonna have to go home and give my wife yeah. a little massage. You know what? We want to thank you guys for making your way all the way over here and sharing and inspiring <laughs> us on all your experiences and we we hope the best for you guys in the uh, bakery industry the mental health industry real estate real estate industry and, shh, whatever you're doing <laughs> we, you know. we got jason Bourne's sister up in here Shoot, girl. <laughs> but yeah, we, we talked about this last week we had fahutahi on oh yeah and he talked about how it affects him you know he even gave us his little diagnosis i think he talked maybe he said uh, you know a lot of stuff. This that is our. This is our Lala. Come hi, Lala. Here. Come say we hi to the people. Guy. And you guys been they, tattooed they by Lala. Lala? I know that. He's our best customer. Whoa. He loves fruit tart. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this the new recipe of fruit tart? Okay. Did you save us oh, one? Did you just open it? Did you just open it and start eating it? Don't leave it on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't the leave it in the up, right. if now, you're not now, Lala, the now Lala's here, I want to just apologize because the, the last re- uh, reviews we oh, got from people talk. said talk. that I cut you off. Lala, I never oh, did that on yeah. purpose, Lala. I am no, no, so no, sorry. No, I'm so sorry, Lala. We clarified off the podcast why he had to do that. But still, yeah, we're not. See, we, he just we did had, it again. See, we're we're we're, oh, we're towing a very thin line. There's outside forces involved. We can't talk about what we were talking about. Right. What, what are you eating? The, the custard, the pie. Yeah. Which one? Lola just walked in here, he opened the box, and started <laughs> yeah, eating all the, the stuff, part. man. Holy smokes, Lala. I ate a Lala, it's some what they call that. Kualipa boy, someone they call it soai. That's no, what they let call me, it. Let me get on. The, I, I just want. One time, I was eating a fruit tart, and I said, "This is different. There's something different about this one." And you guys had recently yeah. changed the recipe by adding more butter, and I could That's taste it. I tasted it <laughs> wow. in there. Wow. There's certain properties you that when it. I could feel the crust breaking in my mouth, I'm like, "There's something wrong, different with the consistency. Maybe a new ingredient. Wow. Maybe a new process." And they said they added more butter, and I was like. As you should. <laughs> you can love at, this point, at this point, hey, we love that place. At this point, Sanatos is creating art, and if you monkeys don't appreciate extra <laughs> butter in a pastry, you don't deserve to eat there. Go find somewhere else to eat. Yeah, Leroy, the mic and the and the tart right now. <laughs> okay, we appreciate that from Lala. I'm not gonna. I'm just watching him right now. He's back in the box again. Anyways, ladies. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Did you guys have any last words? I don't want to yeah. be at Leroy and cut you guys off. Thank you for having us. I love this space. It's very welcoming and very just like chatting with our just, boys. Just you know? out. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Thank it's you, great. guys. Like, honestly, I think Tuesday night or Monday night, I went on and I listened and I was like, they only talk about football. What are we going to talk about? And, and so this has... 
been really exciting and, and fun to talk about. And yeah, thank you for creating space for us and allowing us to be the first women on your podcast. You guys need to come again. Yeah, we need to have a part two because Definitely. we want to be able to revisit this whole women's mental health. And we'll bring our wives next time. Maybe they'll, maybe my wife will be on. She yeah. Let's take my awesome. place. Maybe Leroy will break out some. What? Say it. Things you need to work on, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, we want to thank you so much on behalf of Good Story for coming out, sharing your stories. And we don't only just talk about <laughs> football. We just so happen to know a lot of people that played football, you know? And, but anyways. Anyways. Thank you so much. Like, we, I feel truly inspired. Verona, Lita, Milan. Thank you so much for... Sagato Sisters Bakery out in Midvale. Yeah. And for y'all that can't pronounce it, Sagato Sisters. <laughs> Sangatos, which means saints. Do you know the Samoan word for anxiety? Please tell me. I don't. Hold it, hit it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We'll Thank you back. again. Thank you for listening to Good, Good Story. Story. <laughs>